The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Point taken. Shield Kapada here, joined by Ben Solak. Divisional round weekend, four games, eight teams. Four will move on and be within one game of the Super Bowl. We'll talk about all of those. We'll talk about our picks, our props, our long shots, our contest. Benny Souls, how we doing? Oh, divisional round, exciting stuff. Lions are in for another week. Means Ben's traveling for another week. Oh, nice. We get Lions-Packers of three trips to Detroit in a row. Have, uh, having a good time. How are we feeling, Shil? How far is Detroit? How, how long is that drive? Two hours, 10 minutes. Okay. All right. It's nice. It's fun. You get to go to play. I games. love it. It's yeah. great. The, the weekend, I took it in the middle of the snowstorm. Not as fun. Yeah. But also then you get there and then you have something to talk about with everybody, which is the important thing, right? You're bumping yes. into all these people you haven't seen in ages. You're bumping into PR, awkward conversations. When everyone knows you just drove through the snow, how are the roads? Ah, Easy. it's not that bad. Oh, people don't know how to drive. Ah, and you just do that like 45 times. Uh, love it. Listen, there's, there's nothing I dislike more than that uh, nonsense small talk. Don't it's talk to me worst, about dude. the weather in an elevator. Uh, I'm not your guy. So I'm glad you have a go-to there. That is a smart move. So you're wise beyond your years. All right. Let's get to it. We don't got time to waste here. We got some big time games, headliners, Benjamin Solak. What are you going with? Are you going with the obvious? Are you going with a hipster pick? Are you going with something I'm not expecting? What do you got your eye on this weekend? Yeah, so I will be honest. When I turned in my, <laughs> uh, uh, I turned my divisional round preview, we did kind of like a round table piece for the ringer. I was a little bit late turning it in. So Lindsay Jones, our, our editor who was collecting all of it, hit me up and was like, hey, if you could pick a game other than Bill's Chiefs for Game of the Week. I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I got you. Uh, so I'll do, I did that in the piece. I won't do that here. Game of the Week is Bill's Chiefs. That's got to be. Um, a bit of a weird divisional round where we have two games where the, the favorite is about a 10-point favorite. That's Niners, Packers, and, and, and Ravens, Texans. Uh, Lions, Bucks, Lions are a 7-point favorite. And for people who like don't bet, don't care, it's just to say that 
there's a pretty it's a pretty big margin of, uh, of expected victory for some of these teams. The, the winners are they feel like they're pretty solidly known relative to Bills Chiefs, which like everybody knows that's that's a close game. Everybody you don't need to bet to know that, that that's going to be a tightly contested game. Uh, so to me, that's 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 the game of the week. Uh, the matchup for these two teams is really interesting. We've obviously seen them play before this season when it was a lower scoring game and both offenses struggled with both both defenses. So there was difficulty there. But we've also seen them play for multiple seasons in the postseason. We know that Mahomes tends to pull the best out of Josh Allen and kind of get him to, to play at the highest possible levels because Josh really wants to beat him. Uh, Bills still have not yet beaten Mahomes in the postseason yet in, in Allen and Mahomes' shared career. So there's there's a, a, a ton of schematic juice uh, and, and, you know, recent rematch. You know, we can look at the film in this. And then there's a ton of, 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 of year-long juice. We've had a multiple year-long the thing that, that stands out the most to me is just going to be the play of this Bills defense, dealing with an unbelievable amount of injury. You saw Rasul Douglas wasn't able to play last week. Uh, uh, Terrell Bernard has been an excellent linebacker for them, goes down. Uh, so they're continuing to deal with injuries in the back seven. They had a massive list of do-not-practices over, uh, over Wednesday and into Thursday. We're still going to see who comes out on Friday. But the expectation is that when you go back and you look at week one, uh, about half of their week one starters are going to be out for this game in the back seven. And then even some of the guys who came in to replace those dudes are also potentially going to be out. So it's going to be a game where you're going to see Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam at corner. It's going to be a game where you see Tyrell Dodson and, 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 and A.J. Klein. It should be Dorian Williams, excuse me, and, and, and A.J. Klein at linebacker. And you can you can talk as much as you want about the limited limitations of the Chiefs passing offense this year. You expect Mahomes to beat Kyrie Elam. You expect Mahomes to beat uh, uh, A.J. Klein, even with, with, with what his passing game has been. And the more and more they've incorporated Rasheed Rice, really since week 11 and week 12, Rasheed Rice has gone from a 60% of the snaps player to a 95% of the snaps player. You've seen this passing offense take a little bit of a jump. So I think Bill's defense is in a, is in a really tough spot. They need that, that sort of championship-level performance that they're going to hang against the Chiefs. So let me, let me ask you this. So yeah, that that's absolutely you know the huge story. Like you said, we're recording this Friday morning. Cornerback uh, Christian Benford did not practice Thursday. Linebacker Terrell Bernard did not practice Thursday. Uh, safety Taylor Rapp did not practice. Linebacker Bail Inspector did not practice. Cornerback Russell mm-hmm. Douglas was limited. Linebacker Tyrell Dodson was limited. Cornerback uh, Taron Johnson was limited. This is what like coaches and GMs. Hunter Sam say. Martin limited back. You, huge, you know what? Big, it, it's not a joke. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I mean, little stuff like that. How many times do we see it in a playoff game? We do hour long mm-hmm. previews, and then all of a sudden, there's some wonky special teams play or something, and that just decides the game. And everything you talked you, about, you, you said it. You said Rams special teams are going to lose in the game, and then their punt returner oh, muffed the punt I in the fourth I quarter it. and wriggled it. it really fast. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no way she almost got that one in." Yeah, so so that is good to call out the uh, puncher there. So they've got all these guys banged up. And what coaches and GMs always say is they're like, you can't afford like the the plethora of injuries at the same position. They're like, if you take one guy from here, one, like, all right, fine. You got to build depth on the roster. But when it's all these linebackers and all these corners, which it is for the Buffalo Bills, and you mentioned that's already where they're thin. They lost their two best, you know, two of their best defensive players in Matt Milano and Tredavious White earlier in the season. Like these were already thin areas. And so that is a huge, huge factor. So you're Sean McDermott. You're prepping for this game. You got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on the other side. You know what you're dealing with. What is your game plan? And I'll tell you, my initial thought was this, was that just play it safe, like just get those safeties deep and force the Chiefs. Say, and, you, and you know from talking to me now for two years that I generally hate this style of defense and never promote mm-hmm. this style of defense. However, in this case, has that Chiefs offense proven it can string together 
eight, nine play drives without Jawan Taylor having a false start, without Marquez Valdez-Scantling unable to locate the ball downfield, without all these issues they've had all season long uh, with their skill position players and with their offensive tackles. Can they do that? Now, maybe they can. Maybe they can, and you lose that way. But if I'm the Bills, I kind of go into this game saying, that's how we're going to play uh, defensively. We think our offense can score. We think our offense can move the ball. Let's just make them work for it and see if they shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, agree or disagree with that strategy? How, how do you see it with the Bills defense given their, uh, their injury situation? Yeah, when you go back and you watch that Week 14 game, what you notice is that the Bills were successful in getting pressure with four. They didn't blitz him too much. Uh, they, they generally forced him to keep the ball underneath. The thing I will say is that the Chiefs have been willingly and actively leaving the ball underneath all season, right? That's it's how they play. Like, yeah, that's how yeah, they exactly. have to play. Yeah. And so you say, uh, you know, do you uh like, you know, do you really trust the Chiefs to string together an eight play, nine play drive? The answer is like not fully, because they certainly haven't been like a top five offense over the course of this year. When they did it against the Bills, they scored only 17 points. But also that's what they they want to be. That's where they want to be. And so I I, I do like I, I don't mind too deep. I would like a little like, let's get on the line of scrimmage. I would like a little like, you know, let, let, let's let's affect some routes a little bit because uh, I think you saw in that game against the Dolphins, if you're going to let Rasheed come off the line and just run a shallow, he's going to hit him in stride. And then chasing that, that guy is a son of a gun, man. I mean, like, it's, it is not a fun. And like, you are not going to lose to dynamic Travis Kelsey in space. That player isn't around this year. You are not going to lose to dynamic Miko Hardman and Kadarius Tony and Richie James touches. They don't trust those receivers enough to get them the ball behind the line of scrimmage on these screens. If you're going to lose to something in, in the Chiefs where it feels like inevitable, it's going to be Rasheed Rice running with the ball after contact and also Isaiah Pacheco running with the ball uh, after contact. So I want to be able to deny those 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 early Rice windows, those underneath Rice windows. So I'm, I'm okay with like, all right, let's hang too deep. Let's not let Mahomes style on us. But I, I wouldn't want to be sitting, all right, drop deep and drop intermediate and let everything underneath be connected. Because Mahomes has shown this year, like, he's going to be an underneath passer. They were successful getting pressure with four, and they were successful beating this line in pass protection. That, to me, is the, the, the key with the Chiefs right now, is that their, their tackle play is not super trustworthy. And so if you get them in a point where they're second and pass, third and pass, the Chiefs have a nice, like... 12 personnel condensed set play action pass menu they do they, they, they like to do that i don't want to claim that they don't but they they, they do it on early downs when they're in late downs they're going to spread it out and kind of let Mahomes get a picture and, and have him operate on the field and once you're five against four in the trenches you feel like you can win and then it's 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 as always the challenge with pressuring Mahomes is get him down and don't let him turn it into scrambles don't let him turn it into, into uh explosives right he had he had a, a a lower than average explosive rate in this game against the bills and critically a much lower than average scramble rate in this game against the bills one of his lowest scramble games of the entire season i don't think that'll be the case uh in this game right and you were on patrick mahomes rushing yards last week mahomes just tends to rush the ball a lot more in the postseason uh, and so when you're going to rush with four you know you can win with that but you have to acknowledge he's going to get out and kind of get his and you have to be cognizant of that yeah, maybe a big Gregory Rousseau game if the if the Bills mm -hmm. win this one. Also, you know, like like uh, if you get that edge pressure, Ed Oliver has had a fantastic season uh, for a career season for the Bills this year. So there are avenues. It's funny looking at that first Bills Chiefs matchup. It really was a microcosm of the Chiefs year. I mean, if you look at success rate, it was a great game, like one of their best games of the season. But it's like you said, they have to play a certain way. Not have to. I, I don't want to say have to yeah. because they take like. 
they have opportunities, you know, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling and to push the ball downfield. They, they have not come through with those. I mean, you look at all the explosive play stuff. They're middle of the pack. Patrick Mahomes in that game averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. So even though they were successful and methodical and efficient on a play-by-play basis, they scored two touchdowns on 10 possessions in, in that game. So uh, yeah. that, 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 that's yep. going to be, you know, maybe, maybe the formula again here, but you capitalize on some of those scoring opportunities. Yeah. Mahomes was below average in scramble rate. They were below average as an offense. I'm just talking about over their season-long games. Below average in scramble rate. They were below average in yards after the catch, and they were above average in pressure. That's the and and the Bills won that game. That's that's the, those are your three tick boxes. I right? mean, coaches, we got to be at least this good on third down. We got to be at least good resident, whatever. For me, like Ben's coach boxes are, you have to make sure they're below average in yak and make sure they're below average in scramble rate. Like that's how you're going to lose to this offense. Is Mahomes getting out of the pocket and scrambling and, and beating you with his legs? And they're getting the ball underneath with, with, with players in stride, and that allows Rasheed Rice to turn up field and run. That allows like Miko and, and Pacheco and even Kelsey like to beat you with the ball in their hands because it's the connection that's the issue for the Chiefs. Uh, you 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 stay there, and then you're able to, and you're able to pressure him. That's that you're gonna have a good day on defense. Now a good day on defense got you to if Kadarius Tony lined up correctly, right. you lost. And that's the challenge. Then on the other side of the ball here, we kind of forgot about it because all the visibility on the on, on the Chiefs offense and they, they've incurred some injury. This Chiefs defense is still gnarly. I mean, this Chiefs defense is still such a headache. And Gabe Davis, more Bills injuries we haven't talked about. No Gabe Davis uh, practice Wednesday. No Gabe Davis at practice Thursday. So you're looking at, at uh, Stephon Diggs and Khalil Shakir, which Diggs hasn't really been having the, uh, a great stretch down, uh, down the last few games against the, this corner room. I mean, it, it's, it's clear Chiefs advantage in the passing game in that regard, which is, is not a thing we've said about the Bills passing offense a lot in many years, but it is clear advantage to the Chiefs in terms of coverage. You have the answer to the Don Kincaid Dawson Knox question. You're going to lose the linebackers a little bit because linebacker coverage-wise, not, not your strength. You've had safety injuries. But still, like if you're the Chiefs, you're like, we can glove these guys up. We, we can. And last time we saw them, they kind of were doing some new stuff. Joe Brady had taken over, and we were getting used to it. And, okay, they're going to involve James Cook more this way, yada, yada, whatever. Now you've seen it a lot more. Like, there's there's a chance that, like, Mahomes, Allen, part three, you know, in the playoffs ends, like, 14 to nine. Yeah. I mean, the first game was 2017, right? It was the yeah. final uh, score of that. Yeah, you know, you're, I, I had the same impression re-watching that Bills-Chiefs game. I forgot about it. I mean, second half, Bills offense couldn't do it. I mean, it really shouldn't have been that close of a game if they can score on one of those drives, they had multiple possessions, I think three possessions in a row where they came away uh, with nothing in that game. And I thought Spags really had uh, Allen's head spinning quite a bit there in the second half. He was holding on to the football forever. I think his average time to throw was like 3.3 seconds in that game. Uh, when the Chiefs played zone coverage, it was Allen's lowest success rate of the entire season. They didn't just play zone. They always mix it up. We know they're going to play man. They can do different things. Uh, you know, they, they did fine playing man also, but I think just the disguise, the rotations, and yet yeah, just the matchups with their corners against these Bills wide receivers, it's, it's wild to say, but the Chiefs do have an edge there. So uh, I think this is a, I feel like I'm going against my type with all these takes here, but this is a run the ball type game for the Bills. I mean, they've got that physical downhill uh, rushing attack. Their offensive line has been healthy. And last week I said, hey, maybe the Dolphins can run the game in the weather. And you made the good point that the Dolphins, their, their style of run game is not exactly the kind of style that gives the Chiefs issues. The Bills, mm -hmm. I think, let's see, I, I want to see if you agree, are a different animal. I mean, this is duo, this is downhill, this is physical uh, offensive linemen. So uh, that Chiefs defense, 27th in DVOA against the run. 
You have James Cook. You have Josh Allen. I do think this is a game where they're going to try to get after it with their run game. Yeah, no, Cook, uh, Ty Johnson has become kind of the rotation back behind Cook as well, who's a bigger body. That's the way you want to operate. Yeah, this line, this Bills offensive line, is, is it's, it's so frustrating that everything else around the Bills has fallen apart. It's going to be such a nice story of the season where every single Bills, oh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, incredible throwing the football. And then the issue for them on offense has been the play of this offensive line, running game and passing game. This entire offensive line has improved. They've been healthy and the same starters for almost the entirety of the, for the entirety of the season. They only lost one snap in, in, in the postseason for uh, yeah. it was McGovern, I think, who went down and came back in. Uh, so they've had continuity. Deion Dawkins' left tackle has dramatically improved. I think Mitch Morse is playing better ball than he's played in recent years. Like this is a Spencer Brown's gotten better. This is this line has been excellent. You uh, uh you you can win this in the trenches against the Chiefs. No, no one's done it in a bit. Because Chris Jones is playing excellent ball, and George Karloftis, who's their outside edge rusher, Charles Amena, who coming back from suspension, provided a really nice duo there on the outside. You can beat the Chiefs in the trenches because if you can get to that second level and get to those linebackers, you can be successful. Just a hard thing to do. So the 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 uh, Bills offense versus Chiefs defense matchups, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, okay, Snead gets over Dalton Kincaid in the slot, or if it's Chris Jones against that interior, or if it's if it's Karloff, that's against Spencer Brown. Like the matchups there are very rich and like really interesting and, and define the game. I've never even remotely approached a Bills Chiefs game being less interested in either quarterback than I am right now. Right? Where it's just like, all right, Mahomes, like you're just chucking the ball only six yards past the line of scrimmage and you're running around scrimmage and you're amazing. And that's great. And Josh, you're amazing. You're great. You're so good. But you're going to throw two bad picks. Like I kind of, you know, you guys have already made it clear for me what's going on this season. The other guys in this game, that, that, those are some of the matchups that are really interesting. But from a narrative perspective, the core, it's right, always it's the, Alan Mahomes. It's always the, I mean, well, because like you're, you're right about the offensive line. It's like the Bills can just never get everything to line up, you know, in these seasons. Like the mm. defense, the O line, did the, the supporting cast, that like it's the coaching. Like it's just, it's one year it's this, one year it's that. And they're always in the mix. They can never get it to line up. But can, I mean, their favorite, think about that. Like, you know, uh, six weeks ago, I said the, the Bills will be favorites in the divisional round with a chance to go to the AFC Championship. You would have been like, what in the world happened with their season? So you've got that with Allen. And then Mahomes, like, listen, I, I am having the, the, a little anxiety at counting this Chiefs team out a month ago or whenever it was. That was one of my takes on extra point taken because, man, they're, they're two games away. Uh, and it's, it's just uh, it never feels good to be going up against that guy. Can he just drag this team? Like the, every, you know, mm -hmm. even for Brady, like the greats, like every year's different. Every team's different. Sometimes you're just a juggernaut and other teams. It's just like, all right, that's why you pay this guy. That's why he's the best because he can just drag him along with them. And we're just going to be looking up in Vegas a few weeks from now. And there's Patrick Mahomes once again on stage at opening night of the Super Bowl. And they're back in the Super Bowl. So uh, that that those those are the narratives with this game. Are you picking this game, Ben, for one of your yeah. three? Okay. All right. Then we'll wait. We'll, we'll uh, wait for that. And we'll, of course, pick every game. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come. I was going to go with, like, I could go with a different headliner, but we're going to talk about all these games through it. You know, there's only four games. We're going to talk about all of them. I'm picking the other three. So uh, we'll talk about those as we go throughout the show. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to our Monday morning storylines. <laughs> When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to win one game at a time. 
But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets, like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. Bets I like this week, uh, I do have the Texans plus 9.5 against the Ravens, Lions minus 6.5 against the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs plus 2.5 and, and that money line against the Bills. And right now, every day there's an NFL playoff game, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. Monday morning, Benny Souls. What are we, what are we talking about? What do you got? Uh, we are talking about uh, Ravens look vulnerable after a close win against Texans. Ooh. That's what I think is going to be. It's, close it's going to be win. The all right, he didn't go all the way. Close win. Well, no, because they're, <laughs> they're, they're going to win the game. That's why I can't make the narrative. Ravens lose is obviously a better headline. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, you're... you're Whoever, let's put it, I'll put it, I'll frame it this way. Whoever comes out of Bill's Chiefs, I think that's going to be a, 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 a question, right? Whoever comes out, that team is going to get a lot of like, oh, you know, uh, the Ravens are here for the first time, you know, Lamar in the postseason, haven't seen it. Or even if the Texans win it, oh, CJ Stroud, first time he's a rookie, it's incredible, you know, whatever. Uh, and they're going to be going up against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Either going to be Mahomes, who's been in a every AFC Championship game since he started, or Josh Allen, who like, Allen's obviously also like, you know, this is new for him and this is big for him, but he's got a lot more playoff experience and he's got a lot more legacy to him. Whoever comes out of that game is going to be getting a lot of like, you know, they're, they're going to be the team that makes the run, right? It's going to be them versus whoever comes out of, 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 of Texans Ravens, unless the Ravens demolish them, right? And they win by 40. I think you're going to see like, all right, like Texans, we don't trust or like Ravens, Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, Ooh, which Lamar Jackson in the playoffs is one of the silliest things in the entire world. Like, they ran into Dean Pease. And Dean Pease, Dean Pease, they, they, they played the Titans in 2019. And the Titans defense ran a defense that nobody ever ran again or before. They had, had every player within like eight yards of the line of scrimmage. And you also they had again. like seven, I think seven drops in that game. I mean, there was some fluking. Their defense did not play well in that game. Yeah, I covered that. I remember covering that game and I wrote a mm -hmm. like 
column about, and it was kind of like, no, no, this isn't just like a referendum on Lamar Jackson. And woo, the comments on that bad boy were all over yeah. the place. So uh, I agree I, with you there. Yes. Everybody wanted it to be. And it was like, like they ran into such like a designer nonsense game where like it, 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 it very, and it's, this was five years ago. They have a different OC. Lamar is a different player. Like it means nothing to me. With that said, that week one game against Texans Ravens. All right. Ravens won that thing 25 to nine. And I, I remember it was, it was one of the first things I wrote about in the column in week one, where I, I remember writing being like, this was 25 to nine, but this was way closer than 25 to nine would indicate. Uh, the Texans held the Ravens to negative e-paper dropback. They were below 40% success rate on offense. They pressured Lamar on 39% of his dropbacks. They sacked him on 15% of his dropbacks. They, they caused multiple turnovers. Well, a lot of them explicitly because of pressure. And the Ravens were like a mess in their offensive operations, something we talked about a lot early in the season, and they're way better now than they were. But D'Amico and this Texans defense understands, like D'Amico particularly, understands structurally how you got to deal with a guy like Lamar. Like you have to be willing to throw the book at him. You have to be willing to win with four and then win with six and then win with four, but it's not the four that you thought you were going to bring. You have to be able to get early pressure on him. And the first guy's never going to get him down. You have to send the guy and then send the second guy with the expectation the second guy thinks that the first guy's mess. D'Amico has an understanding of how to deal with star quarterbacks. He's had his time with Houston, and I, 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 I since his time with San Francisco, excuse me. I like the way that he handled Lamar. I also think that matchup-wise, uh, uh, what a lot of people don't realize, like I, I was, I was on this Texans team against the Colts, and they won big. I was on this Texans team against the Browns, and they won big. Why are they doing this? Because defensively, they're a lot better than they were in that Week One game. Defensively, they're a lot more improved since Week Eleven. Shield, this, this Texans defense is tenth by success rate. This is the when 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 this defense got Derek Stingley back, and then they've had absences Will Anderson and, and John Grenard. But over the second like chunk of the season, getting healthy overall in the team, they got Jalen Petrie back, and he and he was a little bit shaky when he came back, and then he's been healthier. This has been a legitimately solid defense. I don't think they're a we're so good we're going to hold the Ravens to thirteen points defense. I do think they're a we're going to hold the Ravens to some threes instead of some sevens. We're going to take the ball away from the Ravens at midfield sort of defense. You know Lamar loves to fumble the football for no freaking reason. You know he's running around back there with two fingers on the ball, just like dicking, uh, ducking and swimming and jumping and driving and just all, all sorts of pocket nonsense all the time the balls on the ground. They're going to get theirs against the Ravens, right? And for, for the Ravens had like you know these, these emphatic wins against the 49ers and, and they've, they've had wins against the Browns. They've had these great performances against these top defenses, but they love to shoot themselves in the foot against high-pressure teams and high-blitz teams. That's always been Lamar. So the Texans are going to get theirs defensively. And I think that there's so much about CJ Stroud and Nico Collins, people don't realize D'Amico has really gotten blood from a stone in this unit. But the proof of the pudding's in the eating now. Like, this they, this unit can play. They, they, Will Anderson, John Grenard, they can pressure. Derek Stingley, Jalen Petro, they got Denzel Perryman back. They have enough coverage guys. And then you see D'Amico on the sidelines just tell, telling Christian Harris how the interception That was awesome. Come, what a right? clip they for have, people they who haven't seen it. They have unbelievably well coached on that side of the ball. So I, I think the Texans got way more teeth on defense than people realize. That's one of the, the, the reasons why like, I've been betting on this team and, 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 and been enjoying this team down the stretch. Uh, and then offensively, we kind of already know uh, what they can potentially be in terms of the explosive plays that they're going to get. CJ Stroud can throw them into games. They're not a good running team. Uh, and they're not a good rush defense. I think that's what's going to kill them in this one is that I think they're going to really struggle to keep this on a game script where they can get Lamar in constant dropbacks and they can also keep their offense balanced. I think that they, they, they might fall behind and have to just throw their way back in and throw their way back in and throw their way back in. But they are capable of doing that. And so I think game script's going to hurt them. I think rush defense is going to hurt them. Overall, I don't think they're mature enough and talented enough to win. But it's really quite something to see how much D'Amico's gotten out of this defense 
let alone Bobby Slovak and his head coaching interviews out of this offense. I think they're going to run into a good team and lose, but I think the Texans are going to put up a real good fight. And then coming off of that, we're going to have more Lamar playoff questions as he approaches a career-defining game against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yes, statistically, the Texans have had a good rushing defense. I think they're second in rushing DVOA, but I kind of... Uh, oh, I'm excuse with, me. No, I, it's yeah. uh, bad, bad rushing offense. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah bad rushing yes. offense. Yeah, they was, can't, yeah, they I, can't I run call. the ball. And when they get into trouble, it's when they're wasting, you know, they're trying to establish it a little too much. Now, I know sometimes you're doing that to set stuff up later in the game. I get it. But I I would like if they can't run the ball early in this game, I would not like to see them stay committed to the run. I would like to see them say, this is our quarterback. Ravens don't have Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Let's put the the ball in his hands and see what happens and try to win the game. But yeah, you're right about this. You know, I've had questions about this Texans defense. Uh, Stingley was awesome last week on film. I was like, Grenard is just, I mean, underrated. My boy, my son. His bull rush. Oh my gosh. I think it was against the right tackle uh, last week. I mean, he has different ways to win and he can get after it. And the Ravens tackle situation, like they've been rotating tackles. They've had this weird tackle. So like that is an area where you can get after them. Uh, a little bit. I think. Do you that's think probably they're still rotating Stanley in the playoffs? I, feel I like have no idea. Rotating him, yeah, to get him I to the like playoffs, rotating him to keep him fresh yeah, for the could playoffs. Be. If we get to the divisional round, and they're still doing a left tackle rotation. I'm going to be like John Harbaugh. Come here. I got to talk to you. Real well, quick. I don't like, know. This is you, not, we yeah. can't. You never know with injury stuff. I mean, I don't know. He might be on account. There might be only so much he can handle. He's had injury issues uh, over the years. So I don't know what they're going to do. But, you know, either you're dealing with a guy who has not been playing full-time snaps or you're dealing with multiple guys or uh, whatever. So that's been a strength of the, of the Texans is their uh, is their edge pressure yeah. for sure. And that clip Ben was referring to, for those who haven't seen it, uh, it's awesome. It's D'Amico Ryans on the sideline with the tablet to Christian Harris explaining exactly what to do. And then they go back on the field and Christian Harris has a pick six. I mean, that was that, that's one of the clips of the playoffs, I think. That has yeah. to be the clip of the playoffs so far. And then you want um you want you want a little like uh uh lip service, fan service, culture conversation real quick. Yeah. Nothing out of that from the Texans, right? Nothing out of that from the coaching staff, nothing out of that from the player either. We like, you know, mm. D'Amico tells Christian Harris about uh, how to get a pick single side. Christian Harris could have told a reporter, nope, that's not what we do here. Right. And that that like I, I eat that up. I eat that, I'll be honest, I completely eat that up. When it's like, all right, like we don't we just keep it in-house, and then all of a sudden NFL films puts it out, whatever. Um, see me John as Bernard the former is, beat reporter. I'm like, you, you know, like, come on, that would have been a great day after story. You know, you guys, yeah. somebody, you know, Christian, come on, yeah. my man, let's give me, give me something here. The, uh, <laughs> uh you brought up John Grenard and I made noises. Cause when you're like a, a you drastico, like I am, I, bro, I always make noises. I'm not like a, I'm not like a Miles Garrett fan. I'm a John Grenard fan. So I have like a decent grade on him. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the, this is hipster, one of, this is one of my, football hipster society. Yeah, my, it's been a while. Uh, you know, yes. pathologies. Uh, John Grenard, well, he he came out of Florida, but he was a Louisville transfer, and he was at Louisville with Lamar Jackson. And uh, I hmm. I spoke with him during the draft process, and he was very adamant that one time at practice he successfully tackled Lamar Jackson, and that Lamar will claim it didn't happen, but he did, and there's video, and you can find it. So John Grenard's been John Grenard likes playing against Lamar. He feels very strongly about 2017 Louisville Cardinal practices and his ability to tackle Lamar Jackson. So it's a fun narrative matchup there between the two of them. Yeah, it's um. Uh, Anderson and Grenard for the next four, four or five years we're going to be talking about them and everybody knows Anderson's name because he's an early pick Grenard, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins on the inside Derek Barnett's made, 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 made hay with them he's found yeah, a home with them cut out of Philadelphia ex-first round pick getting a second chance with a new team he's been disruptive their, their, their rush is legitimate 
And if you're if you're going to beat Lamar, you're going to do it by pressuring him. And, and but not just with four. If you do it with four, he's too smart. Right. And you can get away from one and get away from two. And then he's in space. You have to win with four. And then despite your best intentions as a, as a coordinator, you have to say, all right, we won with four. Now let's win with six for no reason. But you have to be willing to throw him different pitches. You throw Lamar the same pitch. Ask the Browns. Throw Lamar the same pitch over and over again. You're going to lose. All right. So my Monday morning storyline, somewhat similar. Ben, I think one of these young buck star QBs, and I'm talking about CJ Stroud or Jordan Love, is still alive. I don't know which one. Yeah. I wish I yes. could tell you which one. I think one of them is pulling off the upset. Uh, you had the great call last week where you said, is there going to be like a CJ Stroud, Joe Burrowish type run here in him? And then I'm watching those games last week and I'm like, one of these guys could do it. Like, I don't know. I mean, they could both get blown out. The Niners and Ravens have been juggernauts this season. They've been the best two teams in the NFL. Like you said, they're both nine and a half point favorites. But I think one of these guys is going to be able to do enough where Monday morning, we're just like, all right, this is the next. I mean, we've already been doing it because we like to we like to be a week ahead uh, with our hype or, or months ahead with our hype. So we've been doing it with Stroud and Love. But I think nationally, the story is going to be one of these two quarterbacks is going to be playing in the championship game with a chance to get to the Super Bowl way earlier than anyone could have possibly expected. And the hype is going to get out of control. So let me ask you this question. If you had to pick one to win the game outright. Who would it be, the Packers or the Texans? Texans. Okay. Texans, okay. Texans are a more complete team, uh, offense and defense. I think that, that the Ravens are more beatable for the Texans than the Packers for the Niners, just because Packers' defense against Niners' offense the matchup. is yeah. going to be an unpleasant viewing experience for the state of Wisconsin and all surrounding areas. Uh, I, I just have a lot of doubt in, 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 in that side of the ball in this particular matchup. If you put the Texans against the Packers for me straight up on a neutral field. Oh, let me look at my numbers really quick. Let me look at my numbers really quick. <laughs> the noises again, Texans versus Packers on a neutral field. I think I would take the Texans. It, uh, Texans. I, I think I would have Texans Packers. Like I'd have them like minus two. But and the second I say that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm taking Jordan Love with the points against I, I, that, that, that pass conference. Right. Like, the secondary with the, with the number of weapons and with the versatility. Oh, oh let's get a Texas Packers, Packers Super Bowl just for as a treat. Oh, it would be a very interesting game. <laughs> um, no, I, I like this take. I think that, like, obviously, like, I think the Texans, obviously, I think they're going to cover. We're talking about that in a little bit. Packers, Niners. Draw for me the, the world in which the Packers win this game. Okay, I will. Uh, the Packers offense turns in one of the more efficient games of the season. They're stringing together long drives. Aaron Jones is having a nice game. Jordan Love isn't missing. Uh, mm -hmm. And they are shrinking the number of possessions that the 49ers have. So in a typical game, an offense might have 11 possessions. In this game, the 49ers are only going to have eight possessions because the Packers offense is going to be on the field uh, for a long time sustaining these drives. The Packers defense is going to play a high variance style of game. This is not what I just said the Bills should do. They're going to throw everything like they have uh, at the wall in this game. And guess what? If they give up 65-yard touchdowns, that's okay because it's all about stealing one, maybe two possessions with a turnover, with a sack, with a negative play, and potentially Rich Basaccia is going to have to talk to Matt LaFleur and say, 
you know what? I know our special teams hasn't been good at all. Been one of the worst in the NFL this season. But I've been working on a couple things here. I've been working on a little fake punt. I've been working on, on an onside kick. Listen, we're nine and a half point underdogs here. Let's not be afraid. Let's not play conservative in this game. If we come out and we, we kick off in the second half and you want to try to steal a possession because it doesn't matter if the Niners start at their own 25 or their own 45, let, let's give it a shot here. I think we can catch them off guard. That's the type of game where the Packers win. As you can tell, I've been thinking a lot about this. Yeah. The problem is, in order for that Rich Passaccia, Matt LaFleur universe to exist, Matt LaFleur has to be willing to doubt Matt, uh, Joe Barry, which as we have seen for the last three years, Matt LaFleur will refuse to do at all turns for some reason. There you go. All right. So we'll, we'll talk more about that game as well. All right. You know what time it is. It is contest time. Solak and I going into the final three weekends of the NFL season with our season-long contest where every week we can earn up to seven points. We have three locks of the week. Those are picks against the spread. We have one prop of the week. That's anything minus 130 or better. That's worth one point. And then we have our long shot of the week, plus 150 or better. That is worth three points. You can get a total of seven points in any given week. Solak, where are we after the wild card round? We are uh, one point different, Shil. How? How is this possible? 19 weeks and it's a one point difference? 60 to 59. Uh, you had a five point week. I had a two point week. Congratulations to you for yet again hitting a long shot <laughs> Dak Prescott over 300 passing exactly yards. Exactly how That's I imagined not it. not the way you thought you were going <laughs> to hit it. And I know it isn't. <laughs> but still, listen. Passing yard overs gets you in garbage time. Congratulations. He cleared 300. Would have cleared 400, brother. Nice and easy cash. Uh, Patrick Holmes over 20 and a half rushing yards. A hit for you as well. And then you had the Packers plus seven on the road against the Cowboys. Uh, we also had the Browns against the Texans and the Dolphins against the Chiefs. Uh, continuing your stretch of locks of the week. Having a, <laughs> a tougher time than the other categories. For me, I also stayed with Locks of the Week being my only successful category. I had the Chiefs against the Dolphins and the Bucks against the spread against the Eagles. And then uh, the rest of my bets were affected by Steelers' bills. I, I said on the, the Thursday pod, I was like, I'm over-indexed to this game. And then they moved the game like eight hours later. And I was like, all right, sick. Uh, I had Steelers plus 10 against the Bills. Looked like we had a chance to get there for a little bit. Uh, and then, and then the, the Steelers faded down the stretch. Even Nazi that last possession, over. we had a chance for a backdoor cover. Mason yep. Rudolph scrambled on that. No, Mason, just chuck it into the end zone. Come on. Solak and oh, I are both dude. on Steelers uh, here. Yeah, which, you know, you were you were thinking about the outs. I was like, yeah, no, I, this this has been dead in the water <laughs> since day one. Um, or excuse me, since the first snap. Now, uh, I had Najee Harris have over 60 and a half rushing yards. He's been a, a big part of the running game the last few weeks. They had to run the ball as much. They used Jalen Warren in the rushing game. He stays under. And then my long shot was an under for Chiefs Dolphins, which got home, and an under for Bills Steelers, which was not played in the snow and accordingly did not get home at all. So two points for me. Uh, five points for you. Like I said, it's now 60 to 59. I am hitting locks at 58%. You were hitting locks at 37%. <laughs> I'm hitting props at 32%. You were hitting uh, props at 58%. And then long shots of the week, uh, 37% for me and still a whopping 47% for Shiel Kapadia. 60 to 59 entering divisional round week. Uh, and if you didn't listen last week, first of all, shame on you. Uh, but we will continue this in the championship round and the Super Bowl. Those will each be worth those will each be seven-point weeks. We'll pick the games, uh, we'll do our long shot, and then we'll have random other wagers to fill it out to get up to seven points. Listen, you should do the, the listener Chris. I gave him a shout-out last week. Do the listener Chris special. Take Solak on the picks against the spread. 
take me on the props in the long shot, and you're making money this year, okay? That's what he's doing. That's what you should be doing. All right, let's get to it. Prop of the week, Benny Souls, what do you got? I like Sam Laporta to have over 41 and a half receiving yards. Mm. Uh, receptions uh, was where I was initially looking. Right now, it's over four and a half with juice, so I'm just going to take the 41 and a half. Will it bite me? Probably. Uh, Buccaneers, biggest tight end target funnel defense we had over the course of the season. No team, no defense has a higher percentage of their targets allowed go to tight ends than the Buccaneers have over the course of the season. And success rate against tight end targets actually haven't been that bad. It's just a function of structurally when you're going to blitz linebackers this much, you're going to firstly create gaps underneath, right? In the underneath voids. You're also going to encourage teams to find ways to use their tight ends in the passing game and look for explosive gains. You're going to encourage teams to say, okay, if they're going to send pressure packages and have edge rushers dropping off and have tackles dropping off, well, we'll leave the tight end in for a beat and then we'll just release him and get him on the ball. And we think he can win against some of these matchups. Uh, obviously, uh, linebacker for the Bucks has been a little bit of a, a fraught position. Start the season with Levante David and, and Devin White. You have some Devin White problems. KJ Britt gets out into the field. They have a little bit of a rotation now. It's still a, a, a position that I think is eminently gettable in the passing game. And you know that the Lions will prioritize getting the ball to Sam Laporta. Last week, three for three on targets, only for 14 yards. He was coming off of that, that, that knee injury, that hyperextension. Pretty clearly was a, you wouldn't be playing unless it was a playoff situation. He'd go out there for two snaps. They'd move him around, be like, oh, look, it's Sam Laporta. You have to care. And then he would get off the field for two snaps. And every time he was off the field, like the coach was like patting his head and being like, you're doing great, buddy. Keep up. He's in a lot of pain. Uh, not sure Sam Laporta knew what state he was in, in terms of just like his general mental well-being in that one. Uh, a week removed, I expect him to be more efficient. I expect him to be uh, more effective getting down the field. Uh, and so over 41 and a half receiving yards for Sam Laporta. Uh, Laporta also a high blitz target for um, for for Jared Goff, uh, third receiver on the team behind Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs in terms of uh, uh, target per route against the blitz. They're going to use him, uh, I think, pretty heavily against this Todd Bowles team. That's a good one. Yeah, blitz, uh, RPO, Bucks are vulnerable to the RPO game. Uh, also uh, a spot where he could get some targets there. So I like that one. All right, I haven't gone with, uh, you know, as Luke, our spreadsheet, uh, who puts together the spreadsheet for the contest notes on there. He's got the grouch bet where one of us picking under. And I feel like we haven't been picking unders in a long time. No I've, one likes uh, picking unders. I was going through and I like an under this week. I'm going Rashad White, Bucks running back under 53 and a half rushing yards. This Lions yeah. run defense first in DVOA. This Bucks rushing offense 28th in rushing DVOA. This is one of the biggest mismatches of the weekend on yep. paper. Now I say on paper because anytime you lay, it's a one game playoff Rashad white could have a 40 yard run on the first play from the line of scrimmage. That would not surprise me. But uh, during the regular season, the bucks really ran the ball at I think a league average rate on early downs and they weren't good at it last week though. If you look at it against the Eagles, they came out and they're like, we're, we're throwing the football on, on early downs. They can't stop us. This is our best chance to win. And I sort of feel like that might be the case here against Detroit as well. It's a it's an indoor game. You don't have to worry about weather. You've got matchups you like on the outside. The Lions have been way more vulner vulnerable to the pass than the run this season. And so I think the Bucks might look at this and say, "Hey, let's let's do what we did last week and let's throw the football here on early downs." Now Rashad White generally gets a lot of touches, so it makes me a little nervous. Again, if he just breaks off one and doesn't do anything the rest of the game, I probably still lose. This bet, so that makes me uh, a little bit nervous. But I think the game script could also work in my favor here. Uh, you know, if the Lions get out 
uh, to a big lead at some point, and the Bucks are throwing the football. So 53 and a half under on Rashad White rushing yards. There you go. What do you think? Uh, Lions defense, man. You know, top against the run. I'm telling you, this is not this is that not as bad of a defense as people think. Coverage over wide receiver ones, notwithstanding. There you go. All right. Uh, next up, we have our long shot of the week. This is the one. If you just get this right and don't get anything else right, like you're you're feeling okay, you're still in it. You can't have a terrible week. What yeah, do you, you got? You would this, know, Shield. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that has been my strategy. I shouldn't say strategy. That has been my formula all year. I would like to get everything right. All right, this has to be. Plus 150 or better. Dolak, what do you got? Uh, I have Christian Watson to have at least 40 receiving yards for the Green Bay Packers. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. This is an interesting one. Explain so it to me. So here's the thing. Uh, I, want as much expo- I, want, I want exposure to the Packers passing offense because I very much expect this team to have to throw the ball for much of the game. Right? And you brought up they're going to want to run it. I think the 49ers run defense is beatable. I think they're going to want to give the ball to Aaron Jones. And, and, and we just saw them against Dallas. Oh, you know, generate an early lead and then we'll, we'll go from there. Awesome. Uh, the problem is, I don't think that's going to be is easily done against the Niners. Like we obviously just, we just had the visibility of it. We just had the, the moment of seeing it against the 49ers. I don't think they're going to, this can be the case. Uh, Watson was a sub package player for them against the, 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 the Cowboys. Once they jumped out to an early lead, right? He ran a few routes to start the game and then he pretty much just stopped playing. Uh, he had all of his snaps came in the first and the second quarter. They took him out and they became a run, the, run the football team. When they when they need to actually push the ball down the field, when they're going to need to generate explosives, you're going to see Watson get back on the field and get out there more often, right? I think they were a heavy 12 personnel team and multiple tight ends, heavy 13 personnel team. I, I, they're going to have to have more receivers on the field against the 49ers. So now you're looking okay, like somewhat like this, this Packers passing offense is tough to nail down. P- different people pop off different weeks. I was on Romeo Dubs under last week. He had a career game. That's how it goes sometimes when you're betting the Packers. The, the wide receivers rotate all over. So you can go, okay, you can get Dontavian Wicks to have over 50 yards. You can have Jaden Reed to go over 60 yards. You can have Romeo Dubs to go over 50 yards. Like all of those qualify for this bet. So you go, okay, who, who are we figuring out? I think they're going to go for Watson because of uh, for the explosive play, the downfield play. He doesn't get his downfield targets. And this 49ers defense is extremely good at, at preventing explosive pass. They have been all season. Um, but that you can also get him this by, by throwing behind the line of scrimmage and having him run with the football, which is what I like to do against the 49ers. They're a good tackling team, but they'll tend to give you space. They'll tend to line you up with, with, with guys off and go from there. Uh, and so I was, I was between Reed and Watson as to the player that I wanted to say, okay, the, the, this is going to be the guy who gets the explosive pass. I've, I've, I've been on Dontavian Wicks a lot this season. His numbers have gone a little bit higher than I think they should be. Watson has a nice, neat number, 40 yards plus 152. So it just barely clears our, our threshold for, uh, for, for long shot. And so I said, okay, that's a sign. I'll take Christian Watson. Someone's going is, is having big receiving numbers on this Packers team. And so I'm going to try to get to that number uh, with Christian Watson, 40 plus receiving yards. And that is the area of the 40. I mean, they're so, they're, I think they're the best team in the NFL defending the middle of the field. And so they force you, if there is a weakness, and again, I'm not saying it's a big weakness. They have an excellent defense. They have an excellent pass defense. But, um, you know, you mm-hmm. go in 11 personnel, they're in nickel. And are some of those corners, uh, Lenore, a- Ambry Tom, like are those guys uh, a little bit uh, gettable there? I know Thomas is in the slot. But um, I think you have some opportunities. You obviously don't want him getting uh, matched up against Trevarius Ward out there. But okay, I, that's an unexpected yeah. one. I was not a guy. I feel like I feel like you're generally you're not a big Christian Watson guy in general, correct? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm a big I bet on a lot of Packers receivers over the course of the season. Yeah. Because a lot of the Packers receivers have these weird like 
two reception 58 yard games which are nice to bet into because you can get under receptions and over yards um but the, the two games before watson missed most of the last month of the season with injury the two games before he missed he was nine uh he had he had a uh, uh nine touches for 86 yards and five touches for 94 yards right hmm. the, the two games before he went down with injury they were really starting to get him sparked and then he goes down and that's kind of been a story for christian watson he comes back in this game and he, okay he's unhealthy he's limited they Lafleur admitted in week 18 that he had played some gamesmanship with him where he was like he might play against the bears and they always knew he wasn't going to play so i think injury wise once they saw they were up 17 against the pack the cowboys they were like all right we don't really need to mess around with the Christian Watson thing right now. I think that his low snap count and, and accordingly low betting numbers are not indicative of how he's going to be used if he's back closer to full health in this game, which I expect him to be. So Christian Watson, I think, is going to be your, uh, your, one of your guys for your Packers offense uh, this year. Or excuse me, this week. All right, I'm going with a very square pick here. Uh, shout out to the Swifties out there, many of you uh, listening. I've taken the under on Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, multiple times this year. I'm using him as my long shot of the week. I'm taking 80 plus receiving yards for Travis Kelsey. This isn't even a plus. This is a plus 188. I mean, talk, wow. about a, talk about a sign that a guy's feeling himself. You know, I almost did an, a lower number and then attached something to it. But I said, keep it simple. Shield last week it was just Dak Prescott, 300 uh, passing yards this year, uh, this week, Travis Kelsey, 80 plus receiving yards. So um, here's the reasoning. First meeting. Travis Kelsey, week 14, 10 targets, caught six for 83 in that game. Last year, eight for 108 on 10 targets against Buffalo. This is the playoff. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. Do you think he's going to be trusting all these other guys, or do you think he's going to be throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey? Again, I think- Very heavy Kelsey target distribution against the Dolphins. They hammered him, yeah. early hammered him often, yeah. You're going to get a lot of zone coverage here. You know, you, Travis Kelsey, freelance, find that green grass, find that open space. Patrick Mahomes, like you mentioned, scramble around a little bit, make a play downfield. Uh, Bills potentially banged up at linebacker in the middle of the field here. And so uh, I think Kelsey's going to get a lot of looks, in the passing game, game script stuff doesn't it? Like, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think there's going to be either a two minute drive at the end of the first half or at the end of the game where they're going to have to move the football. And so I think he's going to get opportunities. I'm hoping he makes enough plays. Just get, you know, give, give me one of those where you break a tackle, maybe a little stiff arm, you know, you get up, you're, you're all excited. Everyone's going nuts. The camera goes to, uh, is Taylor Swift going to be at this? I would assume she would be at this game, right? Is she going to Buffalo? Yeah. It's in Taylor Buffalo, Swift just Highmark. hanging in. Right. There Which, you go. We're, we're, how far are we into the pot? Are we going to bring up the fact that the Bills get to play the Chiefs at home for the first time any team is, is playing Patrick Mahomes on the road in the postseason? Big deal, man. Big deal. But uh, also, I feel like as this is talked about, like, like Patrick Mahomes isn't going to struggle on the road. Like, it doesn't matter really where he plays. It is in it's so, interesting. Yes. Okay, I'll say this. Okay. If the Chiefs' first road game were against the Ravens in the playoffs, I think it'd be like, okay, well, Mahomes not going to struggle on the road. So what are we doing? Against the Bills, who have, have lost to this team twice in Arrowhead, to, to, and then fought tooth and nail to get back to the two seed, and successfully did so, and then beat the Steelers. Everybody shoveling out of the stadium. They're shoveling out of the stadium again this week. They got shovel yeah. out. I'm obsessed with the, the stadium shovel out. By the way, would you be a stadium shovel out guy? What, what, what's your what you you I, know no me well enough to know Never. there is zero chance. I'm going down to the stadium. I would be a stadium. I don't even want. I'm looking. It's snowing here. I'm literally looking out of the driveway, going, 
hmm, can I convince the kids that it'll be fun for them to shovel the driveway and the sidewalk here so that I don't have to? No, I am not a, I'm not a stadium. I do like it. You know, you know what though? It's uh, it, like, it is a unique aspect and, and those fans are fantastic. I love seeing all the photos, but no, I would not be joining. I want to go. I want to go interview these folks so bad. I feel like they got to be, everybody who's shoveling out there, I feel like it's got to be awesome. I would be a stadium shovel guy. I love being out in the snow and i feel like the idea of shoveling my part of the stadium my one percent of the stadium for the buffalo bills i find that very romantic regardless i think the i think it's it's less about the chiefs are on the road and more about the fact that the bills get this guy at home i think that that's a meaningful impact to this game for buffalo uh they feel very strongly about their home stadium they feel very strongly about their home field environment and in particular they really want to beat this guy and they finally get him in their place they finally get him on their turf i think that's meaningful to the team so i do think there's some juice on the buffalo side of things in terms of the home field advantage oh yeah i mean that that crowd's gonna be awesome it's always an awesome crowd but specifically in this spot there's no doubt about it it's just uh you know i I think mahomes performance in this game would probably be similar whether they're at arrowhead or whether they're uh on the road and they could struggle they have not been they've been very uneven this entire season all right one more break then we get to our nonsense predictions and finally our locks of the week. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, we're back on Extra Point Taken. So like, what's one weird thing that's going to happen this weekend? Uh, A non-quarterback is going to throw a touchdown. Oh, love this. Come on, we got got 10-point dog Texans. We got 10-point dog Packers. We have Chiefs' typical red zone foolishness. We have, and then we have 7-point dog Buccaneers. We have teams that are big underdogs. Divisional round, man. This is where we, if you've got it in your pocket, right? If you've got the all in the reverse and then flip it, and then he goes, then he throws that, and he throws it back over this way. Uh, if you have it, you got you to deploy it. I'll never forget when Sean Payton, uh, uh, wait, this wasn't a non-quarterback. It was just a trick play where Jameis Winston threw the touchdown. Um, but he came and he deployed a, a, a trick play for a touchdown against the Bears. The Bears had tried earlier in the season unsuccessfully with that exact design on the field and scored with it. Yeah. That Lo- is classic love a petty Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Yes. Love a petty Sean Payton. <laughs> uh, but this right, I think I think with, with your with your big 
uh, underdogs that you have this week and the propensity for the playoffs to invite some, hey, like we have to get some designer plays out here. You know, it's your, it's your, you even think about uh, the Lions throwing the ball to Taylor Decker, right? Again, not a non quarterback throw on a pass, but just a trick play, a red zone designer play to catch a playoff team by surprise to get a critical seven points on the board. And then always the Chiefs. The Chiefs are always doing stuff in the red zone. I think we got a good shot for a, a, a non-quarterback touchdown. The team for me is the Packers. All this little motion, all these tight ends going mm. this way, that way. All this nothing. I just get, get, get to the uh, get to that 13, put Jaden Reed in motion, do a little quick handoff. Oh, it's jet sweep, jet sweep. Reed's running behind the line of scrimmage. All of a sudden just launches that sucker up to Tucker Craft in the back of the end zone. Uh, Matt LaFleur's on the sideline, not into Kyle Shanahan. What's up, Kyle? How you doing? It's a tie game, baby. Uh, I feel like that, 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 that's what I'm looking for. It's going to be fun. Uh, Non-quarterback touchdown coming this week. I like that. When you said that, I was going through the teams thinking, all right, who's it going to be? Detroit wouldn't surprise me. I mean, very creative. They're always, they're always uh, trying stuff there. So maybe Detroit would be the number two pick uh, for that category. Right, mine is not dissimilar. I think we get a surprise onside kick. I was saying it earlier. With the Green Bay Packers, maybe they're the team. Maybe it's the Houston Texans. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. You know, I got to give our guy Dave Fipp a shout out there, uh, coaching hey. the Detroit Lions special teams. Maybe it's the, I don't know, I, I don't see the Chiefs Bills. That's probably not the game for it. But I think at some point in one of these games, uh, maybe a team is trailing. Maybe a team's a big underdog. We get a surprise onside kick. Not a last four minutes, last two minutes onside kick where a team's trailing. Uh, something earlier in the game. Uh, not not a wild idea for the Green Bay Packers. Literally does not matter if the 49ers know where they start their possession. You're going to have a tough time. If you if you got something in your pocket, like you said, uh, it's a house. It, that's This is interesting for me this, this weekend. Like Texans, Packers, they, these are house money games. I mean, you got the young quarterbacks. You weren't expected to be here. Anything you got, anything you've been saving, this is the game to throw it out there. Mm -hmm. So there you go. When you that are when prediction. you are a big dog, foment chaos. You've got to do it. You have, yep. 100%. You have to find, and, and the thing is, that's easier to say in week 12 when there's 13 other games going on. You can be an island game, divisional round. Entire league is going to be watching you. You foment some chaos and it goes badly. You're going to lose an embarrassing <laughs> game. And that hurts. You feel that, right? But you have to pass that over and say, the only way we win this game is if Jane Reed's throwing a touchdown to Tucker Craft. So this is the world we're going to live in. You have to have a little bit, uh, have, have no shame a little bit, have a little bit of humility, understand where you're at. Um, yeah, Packers Niners feels right for some foolishness, man. Both from like the Packers perspective, like we're trying to get in this, and from the Niners perspective of like, We've thrown the ball to Christian McCaffrey on seven straight plays because they keep covering him with Preston Smith sort of perspective. I can't believe neither of us picked a, a 49ers offensive player, right, for either our long shot or the numbers were just so high. I wanted to. Right. I'm like, all their guys are going to have monster games, but the numbers were so high. I'm like, all right, I don't feel great about any. I also, the, the problem is I can't silo it, right? Usually I want to be like the Buccaneers are the worst against the tight end. So they're going to throw to the tight end. Here's the thing about the Packers. They're bad against everybody. So I can't, okay, yeah. McCaffrey on the receiving, McCaffrey on the rushing, tight end, explosive play, longest reception. I, you, trust me, I've been trying to find a way to get exposure. The only thing I have is Brock Purdy over completions. That's yeah. what I have right now on, on Niners passing offense. And I also have the Niners team total over 30 and a half, just as a general catch-all <laughs> bucket. They're going to move the ball. Um, and and like we, we didn't talk a lot about this game schematically, but this is just the sort of game where, uh, like if you think about Dan Quinn last week and Dan Quinn loses to Matt LaFleur, uh, if you have a structure of a defense that's common and it's been around for a long time and it's been solved by the Shanahan's, you gotta like like 
I, you have to either evolve or die. Like, that's what the league is, right? And, like, the Dan Quinn thing, watching that LaFleur game back, I did the play on it this week, it's frustrating to see LaFleur know the rules, to have the, the defense solved, and Quinn just kind of sit out there and take it. That's what you're looking at, potentially, again, with Barry and, and Shanahan. We're like, Barry's defense, man, it's just three, four nonsense. Like, why can they get Justin Jefferson on, on Joe Barry every time, or Justin Jefferson on Patrick uh, Preston Smith every time the Vikings play the Packers? Because the rules are solved. They know the checks. They know the adjustments. So Kyle, it's, it's, a, it's watching a shooter on the court. He can get to his spots. He can get to the elbow anytime he wants. And then he's money from the elbow. So you're just going to lose to that player, lose to that coach, lose that system over and over and over again. Talk about foment and chaos for, for Matt LaFleur and Bridge Passaccia, trick plays and onside kicks. Joe Barry, foment some chaos. Send yeah. a blitz. Hi, Barry. Drop a, uh, drop a defensive tackle. Do anything weird. Because if you do this, the usual stuff, ball game. Totally agree. Don't don't worry about, yeah, do not coach that game scared. Uh, try to create some chaos. It's not about what the stats look like at the end of the game. The stats are not going to look good for your defense at the end of that game. But can you do a couple things, negative plays, takeaways that you know flip the game and give your offense a chance to steal it? I did like, I was looking at the McCaffrey receiving stuff. Those were my favorite ones when I was looking at the Niners, 32 and a half. Is his receiving yards over under? I like the over uh, there a little bit if I had to pick one. All right, here we go. Picks against the spread. So we can each pick three games. I've got mine written down. So this isn't one of the weeks where I'm doing game theory and I Ben picked well, There's this. only I'm four gonna... games possible. Yeah, there's so only four. Having so. them written down, you would only have one more <laughs> written down than you would otherwise. <laughs> Good point. Fair point. All right. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Start us off. What do you got? What's your first lock of the week? Yeah, no spoiler on this one. Uh, Houston Texans to, to, to cover plus nine and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, uh, I, I, I can see this game getting out of hand early. Texans explosive uh, pass defense can be an issue for them. Lamar and the Ravens coming off of a week of rest. Texans have played two playoff games now, right? The Colts game and now the Browns game. And obviously, uproarious fun. They win that Browns game at home. It's incredible. Now road, hostile environment going against the top team. I could see a big lead generated early. I do think that the Texans are nicely positioned uh, to throw their way a lot and throw their way back into this game. Uh, as I very correctly said in the beginning, a bad rush offense, right? Not good at running the football. I think they're going to continue to bang their head uh, into the Ravens rushing game. But you can find success against the Ravens passing game. They're going to give you isolation stuff on the outside. You can throw a lot of those outbreakers and feel successful. They'll, they'll bait and they'll take away your in-breaking stuff. You have to be careful throwing the middle of the field against them. I think Stroud might be liable for a pick, but I think he also might be liable for 350 yards. So I think that, that even if we get a bad game script, I think there's a way that they can throw their way back into this game. When the Ravens have the ball, though, I think the Texans are going to be able to keep this thing squarely within like seven to 14 points. I don't think that the Ravens are going to have an absolute runaway day on offense where all of a sudden it's just like a huge explosion. I think you could see this be like, you know, three to zero and then 10 to zero and then 10 to three and then 13 to three. And like, it feels like the Ravens are playing really well. It's just they keep getting to the eight and having to kick. And it's like, OK, the, the Texans are, are going to hang around for these four quarters. So I think nine and a half is too big for how well the Texans have been playing. I like them to cover. I'm on the same side. One of my picks, Texans plus nine and a half in this game. The Ravens offense overall, fantastic. Huge step up from last year. Todd Munkin, Lamar, it's all worked out. They do have stretches where they're a little uneven. They're a little out of rhythm and it's, hey, Lamar, just go make a play. And so in this game where the Texans are number two 
uh, against the run in terms of rushing DVOA. I'm not saying they're going to shut down the Ravens run game, but they have a chance to keep them in check, make them a little one-dimensional, and maybe keep the game close. The other thing I love is CJ Stroud. This is this has become like my bit. Like I like the quarterback who can operate under imperfect conditions and do the hard stuff. And it's like Ravens defense could be buttoned up and playing well, and we could just be watching it going, oh my God, how did he make that like high degree of difficulty 1% throw. He's already shown that to us over and over and over again this year. Nico Collins, ridiculous last week. Marlon Humphrey, Ravens, best corner out for this game. Already out for this game. And I, don't so, feel, I, I don't feel like the Marlon thing is as big of a deal as you do. No? You, you watch, you watch your Brandon Stevens film? Young man's yeah. playing. Well, that's one guy. You, can't, you don't just play one cornerback. I mean, who they got? Ronald Darby? Been, yeah. Yeah. Arthur Millette, Ronald Darby, Rock you right. I think um, there are guys to pick on. Yeah. I can get a safety over top of him pretty consistently, right? I play my two high stuff and get Marcus Williams over there and get the uh, uh, Geno Stone. I do my three safety stuff. I think it'll be a three safety game. I think we'll get Kyle Hamilton in the box a little bit. Uh, yeah, this, this is the sort of game where you'd love to have Tank. This is the, uh, this is the, this is the game where this is the first game since the Tank Dell injury where I've been like, oh, the Tank Dell thing's really going to hurt them because Baltimore will let you complete passes because they really believe in their ability to tackle. And Nico, who I, I love, and Nico's incredible. Nico's yak numbers are great because he often catches stuff in stride down the middle of the field and then puts on the Jets. He's not really a tackle breaker. Like, that's not as much of why he's successful at yards after the catch. This is where you'd love to be able to throw the ball to Nico on, on second and 10. Or excuse me, throw, throw the tank on second and 10 and be like, all right, at the very worst, we're getting third and six on this little screen or this little like quick pass. But he might actually break a tackle for us and kind of get us back ahead of the sticks. So then they're, they're going to miss tank in this one. Listen, there, there's a chance that the Ravens win this one by 35. I don't want to make it seem like uh, the Texans, they, they've done that to teams over and over again, specifically at home. But I do think the Texans have a chance here. CJ Stroud, underdog this year, six and two against the spread. They've typically been good in this spot. All right. So Solak are on the same side for one lock of the week. What's your next one? What do you got? Let's see if we agree on the next one. Uh, I do like uh, Lions minus six and a half against the Bucks. It's probably the game the, we got the, the same. We got another yeah. sa- same one. Uh oh, um, is this good or bad? Yeah. This feels a little bit um, uh, square versus sharp. Feels a little bit public versus pro. Where like, oh, but you know, numbers in the Bucks offense. Uh, uh, you know, oh, Baker Mayfield throwing the ball. They've looked better. But yeah, but you go and you like, uh, okay, like like the Bucks have absolutely looked better down the stretch than they were. And like Lions, oh, bad against wide receiver ones. Like the Bucks can just keep it close. Oh, Todd Bowles blitzing Jared Goff. Yeah, you can like narrative it out if you want. When I look at like power ranking numbers, the Lions are a remarkably better team than the Bucks. Like, like when I just look at like how good are you at moving the ball and stopping the ball, the Lions are just way better at football than the Buccaneers are. And they have been all season. They have been recently. Lions team has just, just been so good down the stretch. And they're a fun team to poke holes in because it's it's Jared Goff and it's the other team's wide receiver goes for 250 yards. Fun sort of football to talk, to talk about, right? It's good narratives. But in general, this is a really balanced team. Uh, one critical thing to highlight, and I, I, you know, I did my John Grenard, Ben like John Grenard, did my Nico Collins, Ben like Nico Collins. Ben was wrong on Aiden Hutchinson. Ben, I was, I was an Aiden Hutchinson doubter. I thought after his first season as well, I thought a lot of his, his production was just like hustle and grind. Like, that's all great, but like, I didn't see him as an elite player. This year, they've used him at a high volume. He's been an extremely high-pressure player. He's looked a lot better in year two than he did in year one. He's, he's, I thought he's played great. I remember watching him at camp being like, oh, might, might be time to swallow the pill on Aiden Hutchinson a little bit. He, he was playing a lot better. And then, right, because the first three week, months of the season, it was high pressure, low sack. It, it, it was, uh, I'm a disruptor, but I'm not finishing plays. 
over the stretch recently, Aiden Hutchinson has been getting quarterback on the ground. Uh, and still you get the pressure impact, right? So he brings a holding call that gets the Rams third down out of field goal range, third and 14. But in general, he's he's more successfully arriving at the quarterback. They've re- they they uh, they don't have the name recognition on Hutchinson yet, but they're really starting to get to a player who's got that star edge ability to say, all right, well, the stuff behind me ain't perfect, but I can I can cause enough havoc here, uh, especially against quarterback like Baker Mayfield, liable to put the ball on the ground, liable to throw an interception, where I can erase some of these issues. So defensive front, they're getting James Houston back. I think their pass rush is 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 as good, if not better, right now than it's been over the course of the season. And yeah, they've got coverage issues, but I just don't think Baker and this this passing offense scares me enough. They're going to be in so many second and tens, so many third and nines because of the rushing uh, attack that you mentioned, the game script. Uh, this is not a tenable uh, a game script. The way Buccaneers want to play ball, they want this to be ten ten in, in the third quarter. And I don't see the Lions ever putting up that, that few points in the first half with the way this team jumps on you, the way they get ahead on you, the way they, they they're successful in the opening script. I think it's a bad bad matchup for the Bucks. Lions at home with. Campbell and Jared Goff have been very good against the spread. One of the best bets in football uh, over the last couple of years. I just trust this Lions uh, offense against this Bucks defense. Jared Goff fourth in success rate against the Blitz this season. They have the answers. They will not look like the Eagles did last week structurally. We don't need to talk. There's no, don't bring up the Eagles. Okay. I won't bring that up. Uh, So I like that from the Lions perspective. I think they're going to be able to pass the football on Tampa. I am a little nervous about that Lions pass defense. I mean, you're you're right about Aiden Hutchinson. Eagles still had four sacks last week against Baker Mayfield. Like that game could have been a blowout earlier if they weren't just taking sacks around midfield and knocking themselves out of field goal range. So I think that certainly is something to keep an eye on. Uh, it would not surprise me if, if if Baker's putting up big passing numbers here against this uh, against this Lions defense. But uh, I trust Detroit enough. I was just thinking about this, looking at the games. I don't know that I trust a guy with the what we were just talking about in terms of like you, you were bringing up the point that if you try something in the playoffs in a big spot and it doesn't work, you're getting clowned by everybody. Mm-hmm. Who's the one coach who will not care about anything like that? It's Dan Campbell. Yeah. He will do yeah. what he, it's one of his, he's got a lot of great qualities. I was completely wrong. I made jokes about Dan Campbell in columns for years. Complete. You said you're wrong on Aiden Hutchinson. I was so wrong on Dan Campbell. One of my favorite coaches in the NFL. Now, one of his best qualities is that he makes decisions based on what he thinks gives his chance, his team the best chance to win the game. That's it. Not thinking about anything else. Not thinking about the press conference afterwards. Not thinking about is he going to get. It. He he makes this. And listen, sometimes he goes a little wild. We saw in that Cowboys game where he's taking two point conversions from like his own forty uh, from the Dallas forty. That's okay. You know what? He's aggressive. He plays to win the game, and I think that gives him an edge on Todd Bowles, who's gotten better at that aspect, but is still not totally buttoned up there. Uh, I think that gives Campbell uh, a little bit of an edge in this game, too. So, yeah, I like Detroit yeah. minus six and a half. If there's like, like, I think they got a chance to blow him out. Again, you're right, probably. That's probably the square side uh, a little bit, but uh, that, that, that's how I see this matchup. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the big question for me is when Detroit has their lead, and it comes time to run the football, how successful are they going to be? Because this Buccaneers rush defense, numbers-wise, not as a, a middle-of-the-pack unit, right? Like, not, not super impressive, not this, the other thing. The problem is, is that it, they, they, they tend to have a run defense where if they want to flick the switch on, they can flick the switch on and be really successful because they have a, a player like Vita Vea in the interior, Elijah Cansey, a defensive tackle, rookie at a pit. Woo! Young Michael play a little ball, all right? 
Uh, we, they, have, they, have a, they have a stable of edge rushers. They can get big on the interior. Uh, this is the sort of team where if you turtle too fast and try to get to zeros, they can, they can sit on you in, in run defense. They can keep this thing tight, and they've done it to teams this season. I don't envision Ben Johnson falling into that trap, but the Lions are a really good rushing team and want to be a good running team, and, and, they, and they like their trenches against everybody. And there's a way that this becomes... Uh, you look. You look back at that second half against the Rams. It felt like the Lions were just going to keep this thing as a big, di- a big difference the whole way down. Right? As the Lions spread better last week, I don't like being back here on the Lions spread because uh, that that second half offense really struggled to move the football. I think they have to be very cognizant about how they behave with a lead this time around. Because there's no reason to have your defense, which is the worst explosive pass defense in the league, going up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer. For one more drive than you need to, right? And so their their second half offense now, you need to do a better job managing your leads. Yeah, golf in that second half made me a little nervous with the backwards pass, with the stumbling into oh, a sack, the backwards pass. Goodness with gracious. the with the firing high pass. <gasps> to John, I mean, there were like three possessions in a row where I'm like, uh oh, he's turning into the Jared Goff everybody uh, makes fun of. But you know what? And he comes through at the end, gets the first down, and finishes the game. All right, so we're both on the same side for our first two. I know our last game is going to be different because I'm not touching Chiefs Bills on my lock of the week. You are. What side do you have, Benjamin? Uh, I like the Chiefs to cover. I like the Chiefs to win, too. Uh, I think this is is a a good Chiefs game here. Uh, I think that the, the Chiefs defense is the best unit in the playoffs left that we've forgotten about, right? I think like, Week nine, it was all like, man, this Spags group. Oh, this is incredible. All the coverage. I wrote like a piece about him. And then like, we just don't like defenses aren't fun. If you're not like the the, the Browns who, you know, Miles Garrett sacked the sack quarterback 19,000 times, insane pressure rate. Or if you're not the Ravens where it's like, all right, your, D, your DC is going to be a head coaching candidate. We just, we just lose the narratives. And I think that the, the strength that this Chiefs defense provides to them has long been forgotten. Uh, oh, only 17 points against the Bills. Yeah, but only 20 points given up. And that's not something that the uh, that Buffalo has been suffering from much other defenses down their recent stretch. It's a hard team to hold a 20 and they did. Uh, so I, I like the Chiefs defense. I think that we are underappreciating how well they match up in, in, into Buffalo. Take away those receivers, force underneath throws, trick Josh Allen into some bad interceptions. Uh, but then critically, I think the Bills are too, are too banged up. And, and that just sucks. That's not a cool. That's not a good, fun thing to be happening no one wants to watch this game and be like oh well if the injuries were different this would have been a good game but it wasn't uh but i think it's going to be low scoring and i think that you're going to see a spirited performance in the bills defense but i think they just have too many matchup problems left uh where there's there's just a lot of guys you can circle right now we're gonna have to play a substantial number of snaps in that back seven where if you're andy reed and patrick Mahomes and and and, and matt Nagy, you're sitting there going yeah i mean if we get him in this con- he you know we, we we can beat him in that when he's in zone and we can beat him in space and we can you know he can't tackle like there's just there's they got a lot of mat. There's too many to hide in the back seven. So I think the Chiefs are going to be able to find those eight and nine play drives that you were talking about. Like I said, if you're if you're the Bills, it's keep Mahomes in the pocket, also pressure him, and then also limit the yak. Like there's just there's a lot on the menu to make sure that you can actually force this Chiefs team into three point drives, into longer drives. And you're going to see Rasheed Rice be successful. I think Isaiah Pacheco, which we, we you know the Chiefs in, in December, a few games without Pacheco, and we kind of forgot just how well they can run the football and smash it and get the second and five. And you see that a little bit more against the Dolphins. You'll see that against the Bills. Uh, so I like the Chiefs to win outright, and I do like the Chiefs to cover. It's plus two and a half right now at plus 100 on uh, FanDuel. For anybody who is betting it, I would try to get to three. I think three is an important number in, in a low-scoring game, but for our competition, it doesn't matter. Uh, so plus two and a half for the Chiefs. Uh, uh, on the road against Buffalo. Sorry, Bills fans. Uh, 
Mahomes is going to end your season again. Patrick Mahomes has been an underdog 10 times in his career, Ben. 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread in those spots. Seven times the Chiefs have won outright. I mean, if you just, the rest of his career, just take Mahomes as an underdog, you're probably going to come out in a pretty good spot. I'm not touching this game. I couldn't go against my takes in this game, man. Like, if I didn't have any right, previous you got, takes... You got, you're leveraged on the bills, man. Yeah, I'm leveraged. If I didn't have any previous takes, if I didn't a month ago bury the Chiefs, if I didn't two months ago say, don't sleep on the bills, they still have a chance here, then maybe I would just go with that underdog number and say, I'm not stupid. Just, like, it's an even game. Just to, But you know what? Sometimes you're dug in too deep and I'm dug in too deep. So this isn't one of my locks. I want nothing to do with it. I would never put actual bunny on this game. I do have the bills minus two and a half in this game. Officially. That's really, yeah. Like two, two <laughs> huge, like the social team is just really rooting for the bills in this game. They've got a lot of great Shioka body or opposite or it could be the opposite. I mean, they could no, really clown no, me. No, no, no. Yeah. They want to build you up. They love okay. it. Okay. All right. So there you go. All right. So my last one, I'm going to, Levi Stadium, Saturday night. And I'm not, listen, the team of extra point taken, the Green Bay Packers, I'm not giving up on you just yet. Wow. Plus nine and a half, Green Bay Packers, my third lock of the week. Am I terrified? Do I think the Packers are going to uh, force one single punt in this game? I, I cannot say for, uh, for sure that they're going to do that. I do not like, I have no argument for them on that side of the ball. However, I think their offense is built to sustain those long drives, to shrink the game, to make it an eight-possession game instead of an 11-possession game. I think you get a big Aaron Jones game. I think Jordan Love plays well once again against this 49ers defense. What I Jordan Love, third lowest sack rate in the NFL, only behind Mahomes and Allen. Like That's incredible for a first-year starter. Yeah. You, what's the thing you always have? Like Either you're... The turnover, you know, high sack rate, legs. high scramble rate, high throwaway rate. Yes, and 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 Jordan Love is a high throwaway slash interception rate. Like if those two things kind of get molded okay. together, that boy be chucking it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Pressure's coming. We're launching this sucker. Yeah, he really doesn't scramble. He's got a low scramble rate. He just throws uh, the football. So I think they got a chance in this game again. They're going to have to invite some randomness. They're going to have to invite some variance. I'm seeing seventy percent chance of rain. Ben, let's go a little weather here. Uh, Brock Purdy in the rain, maybe throws you one, throws you two, something like that. Uh, and you're able to steal uh, a possession or two in this game. So uh, I really, what it came down to was I couldn't decide if I wanted to take the Packers or the Texans. And I said, she'll just take up, take them both. I think one of them at least is going to cover. And like I said earlier, I think one of them has a chance to win the game. So that's my last pick Packers plus nine and a half. If you had to pick this game, yeah. what side are you on? Yeah, this is my 20-foot pole game where I'm like, I, I, I'm so certain that the Niners score a lot of points, and then I'm very uncertain what happens next. And that makes it challenging to bet at, at, at a 10-point line. Uh, I think that, like, general overlooks are good in this game. I think, you know, Packers, you know, if, like, if we get at the half and it's 21 to 6, I'm going to be taking, like, Jordan Love passing overs and, like, you know, just kind of expecting your, your typical garbage time run. Uh, the one thing that I will say is that I think that Every time I, I sit down and I break down this Niners team against a playoff contender, I just think to myself, like, man, if, if, if a team is able to get through the first quarter and this isn't a huge deficit, they can just keep running the ball. Then there's, like, they, they can hang in these games. And obviously, like, 
the Ravens game was going to be the game where you kind of heat check that. You're like, all right, what's this going to look like? And then there were four turnovers in the first half. It's like, all right, well, this is not a real game script. Like, this didn't yeah. help. So it, it, you, you, didn't, you didn't get the, the kind of the blueprint laid out. But with the way that they used Aaron Jones uh, in, in a lot of December and, and, you know, he was successful against the Cowboys. Obviously, the story was kind of the passing game. Uh, you just wonder, OK, like Aaron Jones is fresh. This offensive lines gelled together and they're playing well. Like, what if they're just able to run, run, run like that to me is the universe. Like, Jordan Love is the story. He's incredible to me. The universe for the Packers win this game is a 25 carry Aaron Jones game. And it's not like, oh, because they have a lead. It's because from snap one, they dedicate themselves. Hey, if we get this ball 14 to three in the second quarter, you know what we're doing? We're running it on first and 10. We are not going to bite too early on, on, on losing to this pass rush and losing to this coverage. We are going to establish the run. I think that's, that's, that's the universe for the Packers win this game. 68 and a half rushing yards. Aaron Jones was one that I did write down. I think he has a chance in this game. 17 and a half receiving yards. Aaron Jones in this game. Yeah, I feel like you got to throw a little screen early against this this 49ers. Luke Musgrave, uh, 17 and a half rushing yards. I was real close to some Luke Musgrave all overs as well. Receiving. You, there's the, uh, receiving, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be like, a oh, Packers. Is he getting a jet sweep or something? Yeah, okay. There's going to be a Packers pass catcher that goes for 70. That is no business going for 70. Yes. And I just want to figure out who he is. That's all I want this week. <laughs> all right. Those are the locks of the week. All right. So that give us your recap for the divisional round. What do you got? Absolutely. Uh, Sam Laporta over 41 and a half receiving yards is the prop of the week. Christian Watson, uh, 40 plus receiving yards is the long shot of the week at plus 152 against the spread. I'll be on Texans plus nine and a half Chiefs plus two and a half and Lions minus six and a half. I've got Rashad White under 53 and a half rushing yards for my prop of the week. Long shot. Travis Kelsey, 80 plus receiving yards. That's plus 188. Lions minus six and a half. Same with Solak. Texans plus nine and a half. Same as Solak. And then we go to Levi's. Jordan Love, baby. It ain't over yet. Packers plus nine and a half at San Francisco. Al, I got I to gotta check the shoot again and see how we've been doing when we, when we, when we share. It's not, a, I think it's under 50%. Three for seven, 42.86%. <laughs> you've when been we're on the same you're, side. You're, you're sandbagging me, Shield. You're dragging <laughs> my locks down and, sh- and you know your long shot's going to hit for some reason. That's actually and, true. And, if I just pick the same locks as you, and I can't lose ground there, and then I beat you on the props and the long shot, I got a good chance at this thing. All right, I hadn't thought about it that way, but uh, maybe that will be my strategy. Good thing you've come up with this now that next week there's two games. <laughs> there's three <laughs> games left to pick. We have in the to pick the season. same games next week, Damn no matter what. It. All right, next year. I'm just doing that every week. All right, thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo for his video production, additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven this weekend recapping the divisional round games. Solak and I will be back Monday. Maybe some coaching news. I wonder if we'll be talking about some big time coaching hires uh, on Monday. And of course, our thoughts on the divisional round and championship weekend. Everyone enjoy the games this weekend and we'll talk to you next week.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IN Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghealth.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way so be sure to subscribe to the ringer gambling feed on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts